Welcome forward now. You're listening to the Millionaire's Roundtable. I am your host, Lynn Richardson, here on KBLA Talk 1580. And we are creating millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one dollar at a time, and one dime at a time. And that means you. So most people know that I'm the author of Living Check to Monday and they chuckle because they understand we have been there together. Check to Monday means you get paid on Friday, kick it on the weekend, pay on your past due bills and by Monday you broke. You wish you were living from check to next week or, you know, uh, check to check or whatever because at least you'd have some more time. Well, a lot of people don't know that I am also the author of Living Beyond Check to Monday a spiritual path to wealth and prosperity. I read the whole Bible in order to write this book because I got tired of myself. I said, God must have an answer for me. And yes, it was in there. So one of the scriptures that I stumbled upon is Proverbs 31 and 16, which says, whoever puts up security for a stranger will surely suffer harm. Today's millionaire topic is to co-sign or not to co-sign. That is the question. Now, Controversy has already started all over social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. We posted the topic and people started going in right away. And of course, it was a unanimous no, no, don't co-sign. Nobody should co-sign. Nobody should ever co-sign. Don't co-sign. I got burned co-signing. I co-signed for my cousin. I co-signed for my daughter. It seems like there was no discrimination in the co-signing police in a field, uh, people don't trust anybody. Don't trust your mama. Don't trust your daughter. Don't trust your friend. Don't trust your colleague. Everybody is saying no to co-signing because, of course, most people have either been burned in this situation or know somebody who has been burned. So if that is the question, then I guess my job today is to supply you with the answer to co-sign or not to co-sign. That is the question. And my answer is, drum roll please, everybody. My answer is maybe. (laughs) I'm not going to say no. Let me tell you why. Because the first thing that comes to mind for me when uh, figuring out how to help us all answer this question about co-signing, it's Is co-signing an individual thing? Is co-signing a sign of being irresponsible? Is co-signing something that uh, is only reserved for people who have not done what they're supposed to do, who can't get anywhere financially, who won't go to the next step? Or is co-signing something that pretty much is universal? And after researching this and really understanding what co-signing is on a global scale when it comes to your money, What I discovered is this, if you have ever owned anything and you could not pay for it at the time you received it, let's say your car, let's say it's your house, let's say, uh, you know, back in the day, if you went down to the grocery store and, you know, we had community stores back then and you couldn't pay, well, guess what? If you've ever been in a situation where you couldn't pay for something, then to a certain extent, someone has co-signed for you. Someone has guaranteed that you're going to pay this bill. Someone has pledged collateral. Someone has signed uh, an instrument on your behalf. Now, you may not know that it's taken place, but it certainly has happened. And so when I think about this scripture, it says, whoever puts up security for a stranger will surely suffer harm. So what it's saying to me is, 
you may want to co-sign. You just don't want to co-sign for a stranger. <laughs> now, let me help you define who a stranger is. A financial stranger is someone who you do not know financially. You have not seen their bank account. You probably have not looked at their credit report. You probably do not understand their spending habits. You may know that they don't have any money, but you don't know what led to them not having any money. You may know that they can't get the car or the house or whatever it is they're trying to buy, but you don't know why. So if the stranger is the key uh, adjective for the kind of person or the kind of situation you shouldn't go into when it comes to co-signing, well then let's take the stranger out of it. So if you're going to co-sign, just make sure you're not co-signing for a stranger. Now let me help you understand something. A stranger is not simply someone you know. You could have a son or a daughter and they still could be a financial stranger. You could have a best friend and that person could still be a financial stranger. Because once again, you need to be familiar, aware, and potentially in control of that person's behavior, uh, in control of that person's cash flow. Um, you should have familiarity with it. You should have access to it. So when we are talking about this issue, to co-sign or not to co-sign, that being the question, well, my answer is maybe. And I'm going to help you figure out how to make that maybe a no or how to turn that maybe into a yes. Let's talk about one of the biggest co-signers. I'm just going to share with you one. There's an organization called the Government National Mortgage Association. Um, the nickname is Jenny Mae. And if you walk into a bank today or if you call a mortgage uh, professional or you contact a loan officer and you do not have 20% to put down on a home. So if it's a $100,000 house, you'd need 20000 If it's a $200,000 house, you'd need 40000 If it's a million-dollar house, you'd need $200,000. If you don't have 20% to put down, let's start there, and a credit score um, in most cases of at least 660, 680 or higher, ideally it should be 720, then chances are you're going to need a co-signer. And that co-signer is Jenny May. And Jenny May essentially makes it possible for the bank to lend you money under less than desirable circumstances. So if you're co-signing for someone, then you are making it possible for them to get access to money that they are borrowing, borrowing under less than desirable circumstances. So if you have an FHA mortgage, if you have a Fannie Mae mortgage, if you have a Freddie Mac mortgage, if you have a VA loan, um, if you have any of these instruments, then guess what? Someone has co-signed for you. And I'm going to tell you the terms under which the co-signing takes place. I'm going to tell you how to measure it for yourself. If you are approached by a family member or a friend or a colleague to co-sign or not to co-sign, that is the question, but the answer isn't that simple. Because the harvest is here and the time is now, and there might just be an opportunity in it for you. Don't sleep on this. KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about. And don't be afraid to say what you see. For KBLA Talk 1580. Welcome forward now. This is the Millionaire's Roundtable here on KBLA Talk 1580. And this is Lynn Richardson. And we are creating millionaires. One family at a time. One day at a time. One dollar at a time. And one dime at a time. And that means you.
million dollar topic of the day is to co-sign or not to co-sign that is the question and my answer is a resounding maybe <laughs> right before the break you uh hopefully learned that uh if you've ever gotten something and you could not pay for all of it when you got it then in some way shape or form someone or some entity has co-signed on your behalf so we don't want to co-sign for strangers so you should get familiar. So the first issue is understanding that co-signing is something that's happened universally. It's not just between two people, although it has a stigma attached uh, for being a transaction between two people. So now let's take it to the streets. Let's take it to the two people. The first thing that you want to assess uh, if you are going to decide if you're going to co-sign for someone, you got to ask the question, can you pay? Can you pay for this? Now, let's be real. One of the reasons why people need a co-signer, for example, your daughter or your son or your brother or your sister can't get a car, although they need a vehicle to get to work, but they don't have a job, so they don't have income, but they're asking you to co-sign. The question is, can they pay? Do they have a stream of income? Have you seen that stream of income? Or are they just telling you? Most times, when someone comes and asks you to co-sign for something, your emotions get involved. You feel sorry for the person. You feel guilty about not helping. You believe in them. Well, let me tell you something. Belief doesn't pay bills. <laughs> Math is an exact science. One plus one equals two. And if that person only has half of one, then they're never going to get enough to get the two that's going to be required for the payment. So here are some things that you should review and or assess the next time someone comes and wants to uh, wants you to co-sign for something. Ask for their bank statements. This is what Jenny Mae does. If you go into the bank and you cannot uh, produce 20% to put down on a house and or you have had some trouble paying your bills in the past, well, let's just start with the payment portion of it first. First of all, the bank is gonna ask you for your paycheck. So you should ask to see the person's pay stubs. If they don't have a paycheck, then chances are you probably should not co-sign. What if the person is self-employed and they don't get a paycheck? Maybe they have a contract and they're going to get um, X amount of dollars in a month and another set uh, uh, X amount of dollars in two months, or they're going to get uh, some disbursement in four months, then you should see the contract. And not only should you see the contract, you should ask for a verification of that contract. Perhaps you're going to speak to the person who issued the contract. Perhaps you are going to review the payment documents. If a disbursement has already been made, you want verification of the wire transaction. You want some assurance that the person can pay. If you're going to co-sign, can they pay? Now, here's what you should not measure. Can they pay? Bye. <laughs> If they wear nice clothes, that is not an indication that they can pay. That just means that they've got nice clothes. Maybe they have a credit card somewhere. Maybe they've got a sugar mama or sugar daddy, somebody supplying their clothing. I don't know what the case may be, but do not be fooled by appearances. If they live in a nice apartment, do not assume that because somebody lives in a nice apartment or they have nice furniture that they can pay. Because let me tell you what happens when people come to you and they want you to co-sign. Typically, they're going to present the best of their situation. 
They're going to say, you know, I'm good for it. <laughs> How many times have you heard that? You know, I'm good for it. You see them driving a nice car. You see them apparently doing well. You see them going out, having meals, um, eating, paying for things. You see them taking their children on vacation or going on trips. None of that means anything when it comes to the can you pay situation. So here's the problem. When somebody comes and asks you to co-sign or somebody comes and asks you to borrow money, what typically happens is if you ask them questions, they get offended. Guess what? If they get offended, then there's probably something that they're hiding and you may not want to go down that road. Remember, the word says whoever puts up security for a stranger will surely suffer harm. And if that person is a financial stranger to you, if you have not seen their method of being able to pay not only the bill that you're expected to co-sign, but any of their other bills, then trouble could be in store for you. Here's what happens if you go into the bank and you do not have 20% to put down, or you do not have the long-term credit history, or maybe there were some issues in your credit history. When the bank asks you for your pay stubs, I know when I bought my first house, when they asked me for my pay stubs, I was happy to give them. Okay, where are they? How many do you want? You only need four? I got eight. You know, I wanted to prove that I was worthy of this mortgage. I wanted to prove that I was worthy. So if someone comes to you and ask you to co-sign for them, the first thing you should ask is, can they pay? Now, what's closely attached to can they pay is will they pay? You want to take a look at their credit report. I'm sorry. That's just, that's just what it is. And let me tell you something. Don't pull up a credit score. Don't go to the My Free Credit Report. Let me tell you where you should go. You should go to myfico.com. Someone is asking you to co-sign for a car for $30,000 or $50,000, and it's a five, six, seven, $800 monthly payment, then you need to take a look at that credit report yourself. Typically, if the person goes to a lender to get approved for some kind of a loan, that lender cannot give them the copy of the credit report that they pulled. Let me repeat. If you go into the bank and they pull your credit report, you cannot walk out of the bank with the credit report that they pulled. You can go order your own credit report and you can get a copy of your credit report for free, particularly if you are denied credit, but they cannot give you that credit report. So if you are considering co-signing for someone and you have now assessed that they can pay because they've either got a paycheck coming regularly and you can see their other bills and you know that they're not going to be overextended. You're going to assess that just like a bank would. Now you want to know, will they pay? Do they have the inclination to pay? You want to take a look at that credit report. You go to myfico.com. It's going to cost you somewhere between or cost them because this is not your expense. It's theirs. It's going to cost them somewhere between $30 and $50 to get a three bureau credit report. And you're going to see what's been reported on all three credit bureaus because you don't want to fall for this trick. You don't want them to give you the credit report that's the best <laughs> because one credit report may have uh, items on it and another credit report could not report those items. Let me tell you why. Because when a lender decides to lend money to someone, they may choose to report that credit to no credit bureaus, to one credit bureau, to two credit bureaus, or to all three. So if you are assessing 
if the person can pay and now you have graduated to will they pay you want to take a look at all three credit reports now this is a lot of work so this is now your cousin or your sister or your mother or your daughter or someone coming to you saying listen can you co-sign for this car i need a vehicle to get to work can you co-sign for this house i need to live here there or anywhere and now you get into all this paperwork let me tell you the truth is in the pudding the proof is in the pudding. You're listening to the Millionaire's Roundtable and you probably never thought we'd even suggest or I would even hint that co-signing may be something that is even something considerable. But guess what? You have family, you have friends, you have colleagues and you're faced with a dilemma. To co-sign or not to co-sign, that is the question. And although everybody all over social media is saying no, my answer is maybe. So first of all, we had to establish that Everybody has been co-signed for if you have ever bought anything and you could not pay for it all when you got it. The second thing we have to establish is, can they pay? Can they pay and will they pay? You need to take a look at bank statements, pay stubs, W-2s, tax returns, uh, look at their debit card, uh, look at their spending over the past 30 days, 60 days or 90 days, look at their spending diary. Because usually in most cases, if someone cannot get a loan on their own it's because of one or two reasons either a they don't have the income or b they have messed up their credit that's usually the situation if they don't have the income i want you to consider this there's a common program that i talk about often when i'm sharing with parents how to help defray their education costs it's called the kitty condo program and under the kitty condo program your college student can actually purchase a piece of property, um, a single family home, a condo, or a townhouse, typically near a college campus because college students move off campus, they get four or five roommates and they pay somebody rent to the tune of seven or $800 a month, 10 months out of the year. What I'm suggesting is that you do the kitty condo. Most parents are gonna pay seven to $8,000 a year for room and board. If you take that same seven or $8,000, you may be able to take half of that, put it down on a reasonably priced property. Your mortgage payment is gonna be about $1,200. You're gonna have four or five roommates paying seven to $800 each. You do the math. You've got somewhere between $2,800 and $3,600 or more coming in. You've got a mortgage payment of 1200 going out. So now your college student is not costing you money. Your college student is making money. Well, your college student can get approved for this program. It's, a, it's an FHA um, loan program. It's called the Kitty Condo. And they need a family member as a co-signer. So in this particular case, co-signing is perfectly okay. Absolutely. It's not that your college student... Um, is ineligible for payment because of some flaw, they're ineligible for payment because they don't have a job and they're in school. <laughs> and so you are working together as a family to get them to the next level financially, but also to get yourself to the next level financially. So in this case, you are making a wise business decision. I don't want us to take the term cosign and because there are so many bad 
circumstances or outcomes uh, that come from co-signing. I don't want us to take that and turn the entire co-signing process into something that is terrible. No, you can make a wise decision and do uh, participate in a co-signing situation that could help everybody win. So here's the issue though. Once you establish can they pay and will they pay, the next thing that I want you to take a look at is your backup plan. What if they don't pay? What if something happens? What if in the situation where you co-sign for someone who has a job, what if they get laid off their job? They had every intention to pay. What if their check gets garnished? What if you co-sign for some young man and later on his check gets garnished for child support that you didn't know about? You did everything you were supposed to do. He is not a financial stranger. You've looked at his tax returns, his pay stubs, his bank statements. You've assessed the entire situation. He had good credit, but for some reason, maybe he couldn't get approved. Maybe he didn't have a long enough credit history. Someone could have good credit, but not have a long enough credit history. So getting a loan on their own, it may require that they have a 25% APR or interest rate. But with a good cosigner, they may be able to get a 3% interest rate. Well, what happens if something changes in their financial situation? What happens if they lose the income? Do you have a backup plan? Well, in my earlier example, I talked about Jenny May. The Government National Mortgage Association um, provides Federal Housing Administration FHA insurance. There's insurance. So if you walk into a bank and you apply for a mortgage and you don't have 20% to put down and or your credit history may not be excellent or there may be some blemish in your credit history, then yes, they may grant you a loan if you meet the criteria and you are no longer a stranger to them. They know you very well. They know your job history. They know that you can pay. Well, if something happens and you don't pay, then there is something called mortgage insurance. Insurance is put in place to compensate the person who loses in the event of some kind of a loss. So life insurance compensates the beneficiary if the, if the uh, a person who has life insurance loses their life. Uh, automobile insurance is put in place in the event that there is a loss. So in this circumstance where co-signing is on the table, I'm going to say, what's your insurance? Do you have a backup plan? Because if you co-sign for someone and they don't pay, then guess what? They're coming for you. That's right. They're knocking on your door. As a matter of fact, if you co-sign for someone and they don't pay, and let's say they discharge the debt in bankruptcy, that doesn't mean you are not still liable for payment. That lender could still come after you. So what is your insurance? Do you have the money to pay the bill in the event that the person cannot pay? Now, for the great majority, I would say 99.9999999% of these catastrophic co-signing situations. The reason they become catastrophic is because the person who you co-sign for can no longer pay and neither can you. I would say my maybe becomes a definite no. If you do not have a backup plan in place to pay this debt in the event that it goes bad, then you want to really put the halt on this whole co-signing situation. KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about. Amplifying progressive voices for KBLA Talk 1580. 80, 80, 80.
Welcome forward now. This is the Millionaire's Roundtable here on KBLA Talk 1580. And this is Lynn Richardson. And we are creating millionaires one family at a time, one day at a time, one dollar at a time, and one dime at a time. And that means you. To co-sign or not to co-sign, that is the question. Of course, I've said maybe, but I've also uh, put together a list, uh, a checklist, basically, for you to uh, take a look at every single time. Now, for some people, it's a resounding no. But for others, there may be an opportunity. Um, it may be a legitimate situation. And you don't want your emotions to measure whether it's legitimate or not. I have provided you with some steps, some questions you can begin to ask. If your cousin comes and asks you to co-sign, you need to ask yourself, is it a stranger? Is this person a stranger? Can they pay? Will they pay? Do I have a backup plan? If your daughter comes and asks you to co-sign, you need to say, is this person a financial stranger? Can they pay? Will they pay? Do they have a backup plan? If your business partner comes and asks you to co-sign, you need to say, is this person a financial stranger? Can they pay? Will they pay? And do they have a backup plan? What I'm saying to you is take the emotion out of it. Don't start feeling sorry for the person. Don't let your guilt push you into a decision. Don't let um, them guilt you into, hey, well, you've got the money. You should do it. Don't even let this scenario guilt you into co-signing for someone else. Perhaps someone co-signed for you when you were down and out and you did the right thing. Do not assume that because you did the right thing, that that is an automatic license for you to co-sign for someone else. The next person still needs to pass the criteria. Thank God for the grace and the mercy that you had and that you did the right thing because that's the other thing. People say, well, somebody helped me. I'm going to help somebody. Yes, we should help each other if we can. However, you should not be guilted into helping someone simply because someone helped you. Tell me what you think about this, to co-sign or not to co-sign. That is the question. Remember, everyone has had a co-signer. If you ever went somewhere and you couldn't pay for the whole thing, somebody somewhere vouched for you, you signed something, and then you promised to pay. And if you did not pay, somebody somewhere down the line had to suffer for it. That's the situation with you as an individual co-signer. And so you've got to go through the same steps with this asker, <laughs> because that's what we're calling them. It's an asker. It's no longer your daughter. It's no longer your aunt. It's no longer your mom. It's no longer your dad. It's no longer your best friend. It's no longer your BFF. It's no longer your boo. Let's get to that. Co-signing for a boo. You just met somebody last week at the club or three months ago at the club, or six months ago at the club. You've fallen in love and everything is wonderful. Now, you're not married yet. You ain't talking about that. But for some reason, that person is down on their luck. And you're feeling so good. And you're feeling so sorry. And you're feeling so sad for them. And you say, hey, I'm going to co-sign for you. Or I'm going to let you use my credit card. Let me tell you something. That is a recipe for disaster. If you are all caught up in your feelings, if you are all caught up in emotions, as you know, I'm one of the financial, oh, I'm the financial expert for the Steve Harvey show. And I was just watching a clip of Steve just the other day. And someone got up and asked Steve a question and basically said, this guy and I have been dating for the past six months. And he asked to borrow some money or asked, you know, and I co-signed for this. And now that I'm asking for the money to pay the bill, I can't find him. He's offended. 
Now he won't return my calls. Let me tell you something. Everybody's feeling good when the good is feeling good. But when the good ain't feeling good no more, people forget who you are. Uh, to co-sign or not to co-sign? That is the question. And up until this point, I have said maybe. <laughs> I've asked you to take a look at the situation and assess it for the business transaction that it can be. But right now, I'm going to tell you some times when you should absolutely say no. I don't care what is going on. If this is what you are faced with, then the answer is no. Here are the times when you should never co-sign. One, if you are in a relationship, and I am talking about a love relationship with someone whom you are not married to, the answer is no. Now, even if you're married to the person, the answer may be no. But if you are in a love relationship, if you are in a relationship with someone whom you are not married to, the answer is no. Unless for some reason, and this is a really small unless, you are in a legal business transaction or in a legal business partnership, you have signed paperwork, you have looked at the other person's financial situation, Maybe you have decided to collaborate on a business venture and you've decided to go 50-50 and one person's credit is going to get the capital or whatever the case may be, but you have an entry plan, you have an exit strategy, you have a business plan, you have sat with your financial coach and or your financial advisors, you have drawn up the legal paperwork and you are in that situation, then maybe. But if you are just running around, going to the movies, coming home, doing a do, you know what I'm talking about, whatever it is that you're doing, I'm not judging that. And you have decided that the person, you love them so much and they need X, Y, and Z, the answer is no. And if you are married to someone, that does not mean you need to put both names on everything. I'd say all the time, don't put all of the assets in two names. You may decide to put the house in one name, the car in another name. The reason why is because if there is a financial catastrophe, if there is an upset in the economy, if somebody loses a job and one or more of you can't pay the bills, if everything is in everybody's name, then everybody's going down and everything is going down. But if you've just got the house in one person's name and something goes bad, potentially you will be in a situation to get another house in the other person's name. So if you're not married, do not co-sign unless you are in a legal, structured, planned, well-thought-out business uh, relationship with an exit strategy. The answer is no. Here's another time you should not co-sign. If the person does not have a job. The end. If somebody's coming to you saying, I'm going to get a job, well, then you, will, you, will, you are going to consider it, maybe, <laughs> when the job happens. If somebody tells you, I've got a real good deal happening. It's not coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. I got faith. Let me tell you, they say faith without work is dead, but you're going to have to go work for this faith. Okay. The answer is no. If they don't have a job, you can't co-sign. Come on now. That should be real simple. And I'm talking this way because I've had people who have reached out to me for help. They're trying to figure out how to get something off their credit report because they co-signed for somebody and the person didn't pay. And I asked them a question. Well, did they have a job? Well, no. They said they were going to get a job. They would, uh-uh, no. The answer is no. 
If they do not have a job, if they do not have a way to pay this bill, the answer is no. Now, let me be clear. I'm not, I didn't say if they don't have an income, okay? Because they may have an income. I said they need to have a job. Perhaps the person is getting child support. I'm going to tell you no, don't co-sign because you don't know if that child support is going to continue. I know you don't know if a job is going to continue, but I don't want you co-signing for someone based on somebody else's independent actions that could affect them. A job is more likely to be consistent and pay if the person is going to work the job and go there. Meanwhile, you may want to ask, what are your work habits? While you are assessing if this person is a financial stranger or not, I'm going backwards just a minute. Not only do you need to see their pay stubs, you need to ask, what kind of employee are you? Do you have a chance of getting fired soon? As a matter of fact, you may want to look at their resume and their job history. Because if you are co-signing for someone who has a paycheck, but they got a new job every two months, you might want to reconsider, okay? So you do not want to co-sign if you are in a love relationship with someone and you're not married to them. You do not want to co-sign if the person, um, you know, doesn't have a paycheck, doesn't have a job. You do not want to co-sign if the person has any of the following. If their paycheck is being garnished, if someone is coming after them to repossess something, if the person is in an active bankruptcy, you do not want to co-sign for anything. You want to stand clear of that. KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about. A safe place to go loud. 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 A great place for progressive politics. KBLA Talk 1580. Broadcasting live from Lamar Park, USA. USA. Welcome back to your home for unapologetically progressive radio. KBLA Talk 1580. Welcome forward. Now, this is the Millionaire's Roundtable here on KBLA Talk 1580. And this is Lynn Richardson. And we are creating millionaires one family at a time. One day at a time, one dollar at a time, and one dime at a time. And that means you. To co-sign or not to co-sign, that is the question. I said maybe in some instances, but I said no. When it comes to this, foreclosure, bankruptcy, repossession, uh, child support, garnishment, uh, anything where anybody's coming to take anything, the answer is a resounding no. The answer is no. Wait until the the dust settles. Wait until the bottom falls out. Wait until, as a matter of fact, you don't have to wait for anything. You are not in that situation. You are not going to be entangled when someone is already trying to get untangled. Let me repeat. You are not going to be entangled when someone else is trying to get untangled. So to co-sign or not to co-sign, that is the question. The answer is no under these circumstances. I'm going to give you one last no. If the person does not have a plan to put themselves in a better situation in the future, I'm going to say this across the board. Even after you assess that the person has the ability to pay, um, you've assessed that they will pay, they are no longer a stranger, even if it's your child and you're doing the kitty condo, Let's say you have a backup plan in case they can't pay the bill. You've got a way to either pay the bill or liquidate the debt. Maybe you'll take the car. Um, maybe the car has some equity. Maybe the piece of property has some equity. You can sell it, get some of your money out of it, whatever the case may be. I'm going to say that you press the envelope a little further. I'm going to say that you ask, what is your plan? 
And if they don't have a plan, you can go to lynnmillionaire.com. You can contact my office. You can uh, attach yourself or associate yourself with the members of the Lens List. Lens List includes attorneys and financial professionals from uh, every area of the financial services industry. Uh, Attorney Deidre Wood Stokes is the longest standing member. Uh, she's been with me over two decades and she is the wealth counselor and she can help you with everything from understanding if bankruptcy is the option for you um, or if some other kind of reorganization is the option for you. She also assists with estate planning, making sure that your heirs are protected and that you are protected, not just when you pass on from here, but while you are still here. Attorney Serena Williams is an international business coach. Uh, you want to figure out if you need a single member LLC, a corporation or a partnership and get the paperwork filed in any state, then she's your person. Attorney Michelle Miller is my trademark queen. Yes, I own my name and MC Light owns her name because of attorney Michelle Miller. In addition to that, I, owe, I own several other trademarks because guess what? We're talking about to co-sign or not to co-sign. That's the question because there may be an opportunity. Well, let me tell you something. One opportunity you don't want to slip by is the opportunity associated with your name being purchased by someone else and then them suing you or requiring that you get a license to use your own name. It has happened. Okay. So to co-sign or not to co-sign, that is the question. Um, we uh, have either a maybe a yes or no. And uh, what I want you to start to do, and the reason why this exercise I think is important for all of us is because nothing is black and white when it comes to money in most cases. Everybody has either had a money problem, is having a money problem, or will have a money problem at some time in the future. KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about. Lynn Richardson wants to help you build multiple streams of income and create more passive income for yourself. You're listening to the Millionaire's Roundtable Round on KBLA Talk 1580. Welcome forward now. This is the Millionaire's Roundtable here on KBLA Talk 1580. And this is Lynn Richardson. And we are creating millionaires one family at a time, one day at a time, one dollar at a time, and one dime at a time. And that means you. To co-sign or not to co-sign, that is the question. The harvest is here and the time is now. And so every single financial decision that you are faced with uh, requires thought, even if the thought is how to communicate your no with wisdom, how to communicate your no with compassion, and or how to communicate your no with objectivity. If the answer is yes, how do you communicate that yes and make an analysis uh, uh, based on that yes? Uh, with wisdom how do you uh, uh communicate that yes with wisdom with love and and how do you communicate that yes without emotion so it is up to all of us to uh start to think about these things so the action of the hour is to go download the kbla app that's what i want you to do i want you to download the kbla app because you can listen to these uh, podcasts over and over and over and over and over again right there on the KBLA app. You can listen to uh, us talk about all of the things that we're talking about that are going to improve your lives, that are going to improve the lives of your friends, your family members, and also your community. So that's the action 
of the day, the word of the hour is, uh, the Bible says, of what use is money in the hands of a fool if he has no desire to get wisdom? Now, I don't want you to get offended by that, okay? Because the fool that I was talking about when I actually decided to uh, embrace the scripture, the fool that I was talking about was me. <laughs> okay, you see, God, I believe he has some compassion for babies and fools. And when I was living Check to Monday, I was a baby fool, all right? And so that one just kind of woke me up. So either you are the person who is in trouble, you are the person who needs a co-signer, you are the person who uh, keeps entering the feast or famine syndrome, uh, meaning you have a whole lot of money and then you have no money at all, or you are the person who keeps falling into traps with people who come and give you a sob story, uh, people who you can't say no to, people who you feel guilty about, family members and friends, and you know, you've made it. And so everybody thinks that you're supposed to be the one to help to bail everybody out. I want this to be a uh, basic foundation for you, for you to start to make these decisions, to make them with wisdom, to make them with love and to make them with compassion. The harvest is here and the time is now. It is your season to win, but winning requires a strategy. Some people win by accident, but nobody's gonna just keep winning over and over and over again with accidents. It is time for us to start thinking and for us to get the strategy. Guess what? I said it and I'll say it again. The harvest is here and the time is now and it's up to you. You've been listening to the Millionaire's Roundtable right here on KBLA Talk 1580. Oh my God, we've had so much fun together, but you still have work to do, okay? First, I want you to go to all the social media platforms and follow me at Lynn Richardson. I am on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and honey, I got a TikTok too, okay? I got a TikTok, okay? So go to all those platforms, follow me. The next thing I want you to do is to get help get started. Go to www.asklin.org. That's www.asklin.org. And guess what? I want you to stay tuned to the KBLA Midday Money Chain ahead of the crypto curve with Naja Roberts. It's up next after news and traffic on KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about.